Hi, glad you could make it. Welcome to Spark, a Fireside 180 conversation. Join us as we dive deeper into big conversations, asking questions, and applying principles for life-altering change. My name's Peter. Shake out your chair and join us around the fire as we talk with the guys about what God is teaching us and what are we doing about it. And he says, well, hey, his brother didn't work. That's funny. When I think of mediocrity, am I saying that correctly? Mediocrity. I want to call it mediocrity. Okay, here we go. Mediocrity. Mediocrity. Okay. Mediocrity. Mediocrity, the quality or state of being mediocre. We got mediocrity. it. Mediocrity. Mediocrity. Mm-hmm. That's funny. We're good. You know what we're doing? Don't want to rearrange right now. Not total rearranging. I'm not rearranging. I'm just getting get myself situated. But look, Peter, I mean, here's how I want us to roll with this. I want it to be like we're in in somebody's basement. In you know, just sitting in comfortable chairs, just chatting up. Yeah. And we're just talking about, we're two average dudes, just letting God use us. And talking about, how do I bring to God the things that I'm incapable of doing that's right. myself? I, that's the way I want us to be. Man. And can God use two average dudes like us? And if he can use two average dudes like this... He definitely can use anybody. You know, that's the story of Gideon, mm-hmm. is can God use an average man, somebody who thinks that, you know, I don't know what I can do. Am I, I'm i incapable of doing something oh, bigger he, than myself. He was a runt, too, right? Gideon was a runt. Think about that. Yeah. I mean, he's like me, short little guy like me, and I'm, and of course, their family was like the last family they ever they would think of, right? So mm-hmm. he was, he had he had more against him. Family name. (laughs) But how many times did God have to tell him, hey, I'm choosing you to do this thing? Mm -hmm. Well, he had to tell him a lot. I would definitely understand Gideon. It's like, God, are you really wanting me to do this? Are you sure you want me? I mean, I definitely don't have the influence among the the people. And I don't, Mm -hmm. my family, let alone, doesn't have that influence. So... I'm the youngest in my family. I think he was the youngest, the littlest one, like the runt of the litter, right? <laughs> and I mean, how many of the great men of the Bible fought that way? Like you think about Moses, David, David, come on, Joshua, Joshua. Yeah, you think about these men that, I mean, think about David. David mm-hmm. was just a guy that was want to go fight. Well, what did he do? He was a sheep. He watched hey. his sheep, and he went to go watch his brothers fight. Was it the he went to go and Yeah, he went to go encourage his brothers to bring them food. And then he just was there when Goliath was cursing out God and the people of God. Well, come on. Like, why isn't anybody doing anything about this? Yeah, and, and, and it was kind of like his brother tells him, who are like, you? Why, who are you? Well, yeah. You just you go back to tending the sheep. Go just, Yeah, yeah kind of sarcastically tells him, go back and tend the sheep, right? And then he goes, wait a minute. And you know what was cool about David? David turned to a bear to remind him who he was. Man, I killed a bear and I killed a lion. 
And so it's amazing how those things reminded him who he was. And he knew it was God gave him the strength. And that was part of it is that he wasn't giving himself all the glory. He's saying, God was with me when I killed the lion, when I killed Mm -hmm. the bear. He'll be with me when I go to kill this giant. Yeah, that's what he said, right? That's Mm -hmm. what David said. So, I mean, so you look, here's Gideon. Mm -hmm. He goes, fights this army. And matter of fact, what's... No, that God keeps telling him telling to his army and it down to three hundred men, right? Something mm-hmm. ridiculous, like from thirty thousand to three hundred. And then here's David, he takes a sling shot and a few smooth stones from a brook. And you look how God took men. They were just average men and did great things. And if you look at the story of David, it's different than the story of Moses or of Gideon, or of Saul, mm-hmm. where each of those other men that God used for greatness, mm-hmm. for his mission, they all kept being mediocre about what are they capable of. And that's something that David did different, is he owned God's strength and power in his life, rather than, you know, look at Moses, and Moses was standing in front of a burning bush, and he's like, well, I don't know if I can do this. Well, and yeah, God- definitely. He's like, I've, here, I've been out here for 40 years tending a bunch of sheep, Probably got a little gray-headed along the way, right? Mm-hmm. And probably grew his nice Moses beard. And he's standing out there, and he goes, wait a minute. Don't know if that this, what's going on with this bush here. And, and God had to use something to call him out from taking care of some sheep. Had to call him out. I mean, he really thought he was no more than just a sheep herder. Because the last point in his life where he tried to stand up, Mm-hmm. He got knocked over back when he was living in Pharaoh's house. Yeah. And he tried to stand up for a fellow Israelite. And then the other Egyptians, they were going after him. And then even the Israelites joined him. It was like, well, who are you? You think you're better than us? And so he ran off to go pursue a life of being average. Yeah. Just ran off, said, you know what? Can't really do any more here. I've messed it up. And therefore, I just, I ran away from my situation and God used him in his time in the wilderness to reshape him. And how often is it that we get caught up in that lie that I've done too much or I've messed up too much. This can't be restored or I can't do anything better Mm -hmm. than this. And so I get stuck in this feeling of being mediocre, of being average, of Mm -hmm. Bible talks. Jesus, I'm no better than a sheep herder. I'm no better than, you know, just my my job that I, I think I've got. I'm no, you know what? The other day I heard somebody. I'm no better than my W two form. But that comes back to what are you basing your foundation out of? That's right. And we were talking a little bit earlier how if we are seeking questions or are we really seeking answers? Mm-hmm. That the question of what if, the defensive question, mm-hmm. it's a self defeating question depending on what your foundation is. Because what's the worst that can happen if you say, well, what if this? And like, well, what if it? What if that happens? And going back to what's my what foundation. How many times have you heard that? What if it? <laughs> and what if it that would happen? What if it? Right? I remember years ago, the first time somebody began to use the what if statement. And today it's like you hear it on every corner. And it's like the what if statement has now become the place of, you know what? It, it's like replaces God. It's like we got to figure it out before we can ever move forward in faith. It truly cancels out. I find the what if statement, and I'm not saying it's a bad thing to not sit and think through things before we act. I get that and pray on it. But I've seen the what if 
replace your prayers, someone's prayers, or acting out on faith when God's already told them to do something. Mm. I've seen the what if paralyze them to the point that it just keeps them at that place of, well, I just stay where I'm at. It is paralyzing. I know from my life just being stuck in the, well, what if this, or what if I go do that? Mm -hmm. I think that it is the lie that I've fallen into. Like, well, what if I go and do this thing, this good thing, mm -hmm. that seems like the next good thing, and instead of just moving to well, do is it, it... Do you think it was an offensive question, or really what if is more of a defensive question? It really is a defensive question. It is, isn't it? I think it's a defensive question. And yeah. not, not only is it a defensive question, but the lie of the what if question is I can take a point of action, what's that next good thing for me to do? Mm -hmm. And I can change it and say, what if I did this next good thing to do? And mm -hmm. begin questioning that. And as you said, it paralyzes me depending on what's my foundation. Right. Uh, we get up every day and we've got a choice. Either I live on the offense or I live on the defense. And if I live at the place on the defense... I will never really do no more than I have to do. And truly, Peter, that keeps a, keeps a man stuck. And it keeps him, it really keeps him saying, I'm no better than that. And I stay average. Mm -hmm. it, it just limits God working in your life. It limits you trying to step out on faith even once you know you feel this call, or you feel God's nudge. And really, it's canceling out what Philippians says mm -hmm. in 4.13, is that I can do all the things. I can do all things through Christ, who gives me the strength. Not saying, I can do all things, and then end at that statement. Like, mm -hmm. I can do all things, well, through Christ. Well, what does through Christ mean? You know, I it, it's so interesting how much we depend on mm -hmm. where my confidence lies. I will look at something and go, and you know, I, I first of all, I know there's things I can do and I cannot do. So therefore, I I do my best in my life to operate within what I know I can do. That's not a bad thing. That is a great thing. You know your weaknesses as well as you know your strengths. What happens with that is that because I get so caught up in the paradigm of myself that I start limiting myself. I start putting labels on those things, and then I don't give God room to work. So therefore, I settle for that mediocrity. I settle for that place of, of being average, well, I know who I am. I'm just a simple little man, you know, and I'm just going to do my simple little thing. Mm -hmm. And hopefully God will use me, right? Mm -hmm. Hopefully, you, you see what I'm saying? So how I yeah. approach my decisions, a lot of times I will focus more on my weaknesses than I will my strengths. Mm -hmm. So it keeps me average. How do, you, how do you bring to God the things that you're incapable of doing? What does Ooh. that look like? Mm, that's a great question, Peter. How do I do that? How I think about it is like this. The first thing I do is I start praying about it. I really do. I, I don't stop at the place of, 
of, okay, when I think of a lot of the things that I know immediately I'm incapable of, or I try to limit myself to just those thoughts, I go, God, now, if you're truly in this, then I'm going to start praying about it. I start looking to him to say, help me to understand, truly, is this something you want me to do? So, And I move towards it. I don't stay uh, at that place. Well, God's not showed me yet, so therefore, therefore, I'm not going to do anything. But it is with much prayer. And I do much prayer before I do seek the Lord in it. Say, for making a big decision to, to purchase something, I'll just say whatever. It's, it's, it's going to cost me a lot of money or whatever. I don't know. But I'm, uh, I'm trying to think of something. But, but then I will start seeking out. God, is this where you want me to move? Is this important? And, and, and I seek my wife, and I get the counsel of that, and I get together. But I move towards it. Notice I said I start seeking the counsel of my wife. I start praying about it. I start seeing. I'm moving towards it. Now, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to get to my wife, and my wife will go, no. But doesn't mean my prayer wasn't answered. I said, God, this is what you want. But I move towards it. Because hmm. one of the things you were talking about there made me think of lukewarm and indecisive people mm. and how they're never secure because they're stuck in this place of being mediocre. And as I think about being stuck in the place of mediocre, a lot of times I can have the confusion between the mundane and mediocre. I'm like, what's the difference between being mundane and mediocre? And to me, I'm thinking through that the mundane is the everyday things of life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I can get stuck in downplaying and calling that mediocre because I'm not growing to this big, great height, you know, mm -hmm. that like you're saying, of if I'm secure in my finances, if I'm secure in whatever these things are, like that's this peak that I'm shooting for. And if I'm not getting to that, then, well, I'm just stuck. I'm just mediocre. I'm just middle, let middle tier. Mm -hmm. And no, just going back to saying, how do I invite God into my everyday of life, the mundane things? And so I was thinking about what does mm -hmm. it look like, but how often do I stop there and I don't invite God into my, my mediocrity? You know, mediocrity to me, if I am in mediocrity, that means I'm always compromising. I'm always compromising what God has really asked me to do. Now, truly, this conversation that I'm having is assuming that, that we are spending time with God. We're hearing from God. We're in the Word. We're, we are doing the things that we are drawing close to God. We're seeking Him all with all my heart, soul, and mind, right? So if I'm doing those things, so I am, I'm at this place where I should be t dialing into what God's saying. So now to go back to mediocrity, when you're mediocre, it sounds like you're striving, you're straddling the fence. Mm -hmm. Not rising above. Mm -hmm. And what's the Bible talk about? He doesn't call us to be mediocre. Mm -mm. Was There's a scripture in the Bible that talks about being lukewarm. That Jesus says he has spit us out of his mouth. Right. It's like, wish you were either hot or you were cold. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think about Romans 12, too, talking about, uh, do not be transformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds, by the testing you may discern 
what is the will of God mm-hmm. and what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. There's actionable items there yeah. that if we're being mediocre, we're not moving, we're not on the offensive, we're more in the defensive position. Definitely on the defense. And yeah. being defensive isn't asking those questions of it's not testing and discerning what is the will of God. It's just waiting for that right thing to come along. That's right. And if mm-hmm. I'm sitting and waiting for the right thing, mm-hmm. I can disguise that as, oh, I'm waiting on God. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, no, you're settling for being mediocre. You're mm-hmm. settling because you're not taking mm-hmm. the things, the skills that God has given you and moving forward and progressing in the things that God has for you. That's right. When we do that, we do it from the place of the mundane. That's where the two come together. They're not the same. The mundane is not mediocrity. doesn't mean you've settled, but it also remembers when you walk in that place of mundane, that becomes your foundation where you become obedient in, you become where you know God in, you hear his voice in, you begin to learn what it means to walk in his spirit, and you take care of those everyday things that you have in life, such as your family, your job, your responsibilities, paying your bill on time, you know, even simple things, just be on time going somewhere. Don't be like Kenny late, you know. <laughs> but but what I'm saying is learning to be responsible with the things. Be a man of your word. I mean, that's, that's a huge deal. But that's where we walk in that place of the mundane, where we get to exercise our integrity. Mm-hmm. We begin mm-hmm. to walk out the promises of God. We begin to live it out. And it's from there God launches himself using you from that platform in mediocrity has no room in that does that make sense what mm-hmm. i'm saying it makes yeah. me think about the parable of the talents that jesus tells in matthew 25 when he's saying you know the master's leaving he gives some to each of his servants and he mm-hmm. says hey take care of what i've given you and he doesn't tell him like what to do with the things that he's given him he just says hey mm-hmm. take care of these things that i've given you and how each of them guys address or make action with the things that he's given him. Mm-hmm. And you know, to one of the guys who goes above and beyond, and he's like, here, I took all the things that you've given me, and I've grown it 20-fold. And then you get to the other guy, it's like, well, I know you're a hard man, and so here I'm just going to give it back to you. So thanks for entrusting it with me. Here it's back. It's a it's great, like, great story. And then the master says, well, you're a foolish servant because you know that I'm a hard master, that I reap where I do not sow, and I take what I've not planted. Like, why didn't you make something of what I've given you? Mm -hmm. And how that goes back to this of being mediocre. That servant was just settling for average because it's so easy to settle for average. It's so easy to not move. Well, and that's where we that's where comfort comes from, right? Mm-hmm. We begin to try to protect our comfort. Well, he definitely didn't want to upset the master if he would have lost money. Mm-hmm. He just knew that he would have lost money if he not he knew he would lose it. What I meant to say was he could have had enough trust in him own self so he wouldn't go bury it. He didn't trust himself. He didn't mm. really think. And that's where 
he, this man already was starting to live a defeated life. That's why he was scared of the master. Mm. He didn't trust him on self, so therefore he went and buried it and told nobody about it. But what did the master say to him when he got back? If you were to just put it in the bank, you would have made money. Mm-hmm. And at that point, when, when the servant is giving the money back, I was thinking about how he was bringing up a lot of defensive posture, how he's saying a lot of excuses. Mm-hmm. And he did. Oh, like, we want to change. We want to grow, as you could hear in the story. He wanted to bring the master money, but he's like, well, here's my excuse. And the thing about excuses, like, he was giving so many reasons why he was unable to make money on this or he was scared of the master isn't what a defensive posture does you start bringing excuses right yeah Mm -hmm. and the reasons he were bringing up was just excuses and excuses don't win they never succeed Mm -mm. and for being successful of course you know we need to be on the offensive we want to change we want to grow but it's so much easier to live on the defensive than it is to take action and move towards what that next good thing is. Intimidation always, what? Precedes defeat. Mm. Intimidation always precedes defeat. Precedes defeat. Definitely a place to, when you get intimidated by something, it's amazing how that negativity or that view of yourself or that erodes your confidence and next thing you know, you believe it, it's just as real, and you might as well realize you're not going to do anything with it. You're mm-hmm. done. The idea won't blossom. You're not going to move forward with it. You know, you're going to you're going to lose confidence in whatever you're doing, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what's really interesting is with that story you're talking about, that story... Uh, so many times people use that as a way of how we invest in the kingdom of God, which is very true. I'm glad you brought that story to bring to light the importance of not being just the average person. Mm-hmm. Letting, letting your average maintaining that status quo only limits God working in your life. That's the importance you got to see here. Being average limits God working in your life. Hmm. It does. Being average limits God's working in our life. Not because God isn't capable of working, mm-hmm. but I'm not inviting God in to work and to move in my life. You know, mm-hmm. ask the question of, well, do do you believe that you can be a millionaire? And how hard is it for me to believe? Like I can believe it up to a point. You know, like, oh yeah, I could see that over in the distant future. Like, oh yeah, I could be a millionaire. That'd be fine. Mm-hmm. But then just saying like, no. Like, how much do you believe your success and that God will move on your behalf so much so that you're going to trust him mm-hmm. to move? And in the conversation we were just having a little bit earlier, you were talking about how you really are in a position now where you're needing to rely on God and his timing. And what does that look like? Totally. And it rolls right into this of how, how do we 
How do we bring God into the places that I'm incapable of doing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, I think it, that's a good way of saying that. Like, how do you? How do we? How do we bring God into that place? I mean, because we see so many guys come to the fire. They're 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 at a place where you know they're experiencing life. Their life is not terribly bad. They're not, you know, they're mm-hmm. not dealing with significant trauma they're not dealing with things but they're just they're just they're 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 going through life right and but they sense something deeper stirring after they come to the fire or after they've been around seeing some of the things going on at the fire as they begin to think through some of the two questions we talk about i've watched guys begin to question Am I really allowing God to go to those places that I'm incapable of doing? Am I really able to hear what Jesus is teaching me in those areas so that I can do something about it? And so we get we really get limited there. And we, so guys will come and they'll talk about the surface things in their life, but they stay away from the places that they have resolved themselves canceled themselves because of all the what if statements that mm-hmm. will never be me be. i'll never be that millionaire i'll never mm-hmm. be this x person i'll never be that mm-hmm. it's not that we we go after it with because it's the desire it's like how do i separate my desire from god's desire i'll tell you bring them both to him let him both have both desires let him Man, I don't know if that's my desire versus God's desire. Well, then take it to him. Trust him. Let that be the journey that you go and and walk with God in and say, God, I'm going to trust you here. And if, if this is where you want me to walk, then increase it. If not, then decrease it. But it's rising above that place of average of where my incapability paralyzes me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think of my own story and how each day waking up and feeling that yearning to be more than what I'm currently experiencing today, it can be both discouraging and inspiring mm-hmm. because I, I want to be more than what I find myself now. But when I'm asking that what if question, it really paralyzes me and I'm not capable of moving because now I've flipped to being on the defensive. I'm making excuses. I'm asking the what ifs. And instead of grounding myself in what if God shows up in this, like that is the good what if question to ask. It's like, what if God shows up in this thing that I'm having a hard time with? It was it last week's podcast you just released, Remain Surprisable. Mm-hmm. Give God room to work. So interesting how we don't want to give God room to work. We want to figure it out with him along the way and stay in just saying, yes, God. And that takes, you don't get that that place overnight, Peter. Mm-mm. You don't get to the yes, God overnight. It is the journey of walking in what God is giving you today, being faithful with it, hearing his voice, trusting him, spending time with him. Spending mm-hmm. time with that chair time, listening to God, then so you can say yes. And that trust of God and of him showing up in our life, 
really shapes our posture of how we approach life then, doesn't it? Totally, totally. And how we approach our decisions and how we move or we don't move is how much I trust or don't trust that God's going to continue taking care of me and what are my goals. But when my goals are God's goals, then God can't help but cause success in our life because I'm aligning my goals with what God wants for me and for the people around me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's it, Peter, it takes a while to set aside ourselves to, was it, I think it's in John chapter 16. I think it's, it's, I think it's John the Baptist that says, have less of me, more of him. Mm-hmm. And more I must him. decrease for him to increase. I must, that's right. And so when we learn to walk in that place where I decrease so he can increase, that allows me to walk in that place of confidence. It allows me to start praying about it and moving towards it in faith. John 3.30 is is the exact. All right. So let's look here. A man can receive nothing except what is given to him from heaven. You yourself bear witness with me that I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. In the same way to the bride and the bridegroom and the friends of the bridegroom, which stands there by him, and they rejoice greatly because they hear his voice, and that is my joy being fulfilled. Mm -hmm. He must increase and I must decrease. He that comes from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly and lowly, and he speaks of earthly things, and he speaks of him who comes from heaven above all. When you think of that, he bears witness to what Jesus has seen and heard, yet no one receives his testimony. When you think about that, those people, while they may have bear witness and saw it, no one receives his testimony. Notice they couldn't set themselves aside. Mm -hmm. They were caught up in their way of seeing things, living their average way of life, protecting what they had. They couldn't set themselves aside. They didn't recognize what John the Baptist was trying to say here, right? Mm -hmm. And so, so with that, John the Baptist, he goes, while he was leading the way in that, that trying to tell people how important it was for him to set himself aside, he was just a messenger. I've got to set myself aside so that he may increase. Christ is going to increase. That's the same way we posture ourselves. How do we move past the, being the average? How do we do that? What I what I love about the 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 fires has been really pushing me beyond the average. It has allowed me to dig deep. It's allowed me to to understand the the things God has been saying to me and learn to respond to those. Sitting even sitting here tonight, uh, talking with you, Peter. I begin to feel God's Spirit speak to my heart. I begin to understand what are those things that you want me to move in my life. And so it, it's it made me think about, I heard the other day, I was reminded of the story of Adam when he fell. Hmm. And when he fell, first question that God asked Adam is, Where are you? Where are you? 
And God has been saying that to us ever since. Hmm. Where are you? He wants a relationship with us. He wants us to tell us the secret things. He wants us to not remain average. My goodness, you think about it. God created the entire world for man. That's, get, get, wrap your mind around this. He cried, created this world for man. Created where we got this place of oxygen set just right for us. Everything is mm. set in perfect to, order for exactly. us to even exist. Created a garden that was absolutely stunning, right? Everything. And man goes, he messes it up. That just goes to show you, man can mess it up when he gets in his way. But God never quit pursuing man. Because what he tell man when he created man, and he called it good. Mm-hmm. So any man that he has made, he has called it good. He's always going to be calling that man out. Where are you? I don't want you to remain average. I want you because I've got more for you. And men have a difficulty trusting in God and doing that. That's why I just love to sit at a fire and listen to another man's story Mm -hmm. because God is calling him out. Mm -hmm. He's calling him deeper. He's not calling him to be average. He's not calling him to be mundane. He's not calling them to just, he's got more for them. And so how do you, how do you walk with a man? How do you teach a man? You just meet him in a story. You know, I think about, when I was reading this book, An Enemy Called Average by John Mason, it was a, it was a book my brother had, had told me to pick up. He was reading it for his devotional. And at the beginning of it, he talks about this story. And I thought, wow, that's a great story. What a great reminder. And I heard this in a sermon a couple of weeks ago, and somebody was talking about it, and then I saw it in this book. But when you think about it, we now need to think about these questions. Where are we adding God's plans in our lives? And where are we concerning the gifts and talents he's given us? When I think about those two questions, that's why we we sit at the fire and we ask those two questions. What's Jesus teaching me? And what am I doing about it? Which helps us find out what God's plans, what what God has a plan for my life. It helps us. It helps me to build a, answering those two questions helps me build a structure around and makes a foundation for me to push off the mediocrity mm-hmm. of my life. Mm-hmm. Not settling for the average, are you? No, not settling for the average. But without asking those questions, we were talking earlier about how asking some of the questions like the what if and the why questions, how those are self-defeating questions. And, but asking these questions of what Jesus is teaching you and what am I doing about it? Like that tees me up Mm -hmm. to be moving greater than average because it's, we all want to grow. We all want to change, but the hard part is actually answering those questions Mm-hmm. We can always complain. I can always gripe about something. I can have an excuse or a reason. But 
as long as I have excuses, as long as I have a reason, I'm not moving forward. I'm not making a decision or having the answer of this is what God has been telling me and this is what I'm doing about it. Moving on the offensive in my life mm. instead of the defensive, which is mm-hmm. making excuses or reasons. And uh, what did they say? Uh, reasons are defensive and your cause will almost never succeed. Reasons are excuses and excuses never win. So create the habit of taking the initiative. Never start your day in neutral. Every morning when your feet hit the floor, think on the offensive, move forward, take control of your day and of your life. It's one of those motivational things. You got to choose. You got to choose it. You got to choose the posture every day. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to asking myself those questions and being ready to see what God is doing in my life. And if I'm not ready to see what God's doing in my life, then I'm just settling for what's average. Yeah. Yeah. It's you remember we um, we've always got we've heard we got a brother around the fire that says he prays this every morning. God, don't let me be so full of myself that I miss seeing you. Mm-hmm. Well, when you pray that kind of prayer, You've opened yourself wide open to not be average. It means I better be ready to walk through that door of what God has revealed for me to do. Walking out that kind of prayer, that's not an average life. Mm. That is walking in the place God wants you to do. Walking in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, earlier we were talking about... um, how we move forward and not being stuck at that place. And how do we do that? And I've heard so many guys say, well, I'm praying about it. I'm praying about it. Well, how's it going? Still praying about it. Talk to him a month later, still praying about it. Three months later, I'm still praying about it. When do you finally act on it? Right. And it's learning to how do you move forward while you're praying about it? It's amazing. God will give you that footstep. So remember right at the end of this little book, I thought, I thought this was a great example right here at the end of the book where it says, um, be like the two fishermen trapped in a storm in the middle of a lake. One, to the, one turned to the other and asked, should we pray or should we row? His wise companion responded, let's do both. That's taking the offensive. Hmm. That's how we, we learn to walk. So many times we look for the answer to be so written in the sky. We've had the cosmic two by four, three or four times before we even move. Guy goes, man, I just want to get to know you so we can, I can whisper it to you and you can move. And it's hmm. learning how we do that. And that keeps us from getting stuck being average. Cool. All right. This is good. I think it's a wrap, man. Thanks for spending your time with us today. As you leave here, we pray that you would continue to light the fire outside of this fire, that you would follow the Spirit's lead and would spark conversations. Conversations.